Hey, this is Chris Munts, and this is Ladbrokes Road to the Cup. Single behind, and they're racing in the Lexus Melbourne Cup. Explosive jack. I won 42 Group 1 races. Amongst them, the Epsom, the Goodwood, the Stradbroke, Doncaster, and Metropolitan Handicaps. I won the Caulfield Cup. Descarado won the Caulfield Cup for game. The Cox Plate. Somerville, three quarters of a length, the fields of Omar. Gone slippers. Crowd in front, and Trell wins the slipper for Chrissy Munch. The lead up to Australia's greatest race. I'm going to talk to some of my best mates who have all played a part in the race of Stops the Nation. There'll be some great stories and memories from some of Australia's best jockeys and trainers who have all played a part in the world famous race. On today's show, I'm going to talk to the first lady of racing, Mrs Gay Waterhouse. How are we? We ready to rock and roll? Yes, we're always ready to rock and roll with you, Mrs Waterhouse. How are you? Oh, I'm very well, Mr. Munch. <laughs> <laughs> Alligator Blood. The Gator's going to do it today. Alligator Blood's won at three quarters of a length. Photo Clark second by Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bond. Normally I'd ask how our racing got in your blood, Gay, but obviously was it destined for you? Well, in my blood, I suppose if you're born and your father's the sire of the filly is a champion Australasian trainer, and you sit opposite him every day of your life having your breakfast before you go to school, it's very, very hard not to have ingrained in your DNA. And I could just imagine back in those days, like the stories that, that the great TJ would have come home and spoke about, not that you would have heard everything, but like the racing stories. They, for me, I would have been just glued to, to listening to him and, and soaking up like a sponge everything that he had to say. Well, look, it's funny because he, he didn't so much come home and uh, tell stories, but what was fascinating, and I didn't even realise at the time because you're too young, when I sat opposite, he would be at the table every morning at a quarter to seven and he'd wear his dressing gown and his pyjamas and ready to go and have a little sleep after being at the track. And he'd say he'd had to shower and he was looking immaculate and sit opposite. And he would start bringing all of his owners. And they ranged from the Prime Minister of Australia, who at the time was Bob Hawke, uh, to Robert Askin, who was our Premier of New South Wales, to Tristan Antico, and it just went on and on and on. And these leaders in business and, of course, leaders of, of the country were just the normal people. David Hayes, one of the great, great businessmen and men of Australia. They, these were all the, the people that he would read because they all wanted to know about their horses or they wanted to have a tip and they liked to have a bet. You know, they were the days. Um, and, you know, uh, he would ring and tell them every day. So we didn't have iPhones, you know, we didn't have uh, emails or, or text messages. So, you know, people had to pick up the phone and communicate. And uh, Dad was very good. He was the master of communication. Well, he certainly was. I mean, he was one that sort of started all that, the process of, of communication to owners and stuff. But, I mean, a lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't realise, Gay, that, you were actually weren't weren't keen on becoming a trainer. You actually wanted to become an actor when you were fifteen, and you went to England and studied over there. And what did you think of that? And how far did you get in it? Well, I got quite a long, quite a long way. Um, I went um, I went to uh, England with my parents after I finished my university degree at the University of New South Wales, and um, uh, I went over to England. And uh, you know, the first job I went for, I got, and I just kept kept being employed for the nearly three years I was there. And, you know, it took me all across the world. It took me all across England and around England. It also took me to Canada. Um, and uh, I was in Toronto for two months and took me to uh, Copenhagen, where I modelled for the modelling you know, assignment there with 
And what, what, when you were doing that, did you ever think that you, you, you didn't want to be involved in the racing industry or did, were you always sort no, of destined no, to... No, no. I always loved racing. I used to go when, if we were down in the provincial, I would duck off to a race meeting in the day unless we had a matinee and I would duck off to the race and, you know, I was always, if I wasn't on the stage, I was at the races. And, you know, I'd go over to France and for the big race there, or I'd go with Ireland and I'd go hunting and then off to the race. Probably the only unglamorous thing was the theatre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Now, you got your licence in 92, and then after that you trained your first group one winner. So how was that, when you when you were actually able to get your licence on your own and, and be able to train a group one winner in your first first year? That must have been fantastic, was it? Well, I thought, I didn't know if I could train. It's probably like you going from being a jockey to a trainer. You, you know horses, uh, and you know you, you're good at what you do, which was, for you was being a jockey and for me was being dad's foreman. But to literally go out and have to take up the reins and train the horses, there's really a doubt in the back of your mind. You think, I hope I can do it. And as, as history now, you've been hugely successful, Chris. But I thought, I'm not going to do it unless I'm hugely successful. And I didn't know if I would be, but I was determined to be successful. And that was utmost in my mind to make sure I made a success of it. Gay Waterhouse has held a trainer's licence for only 10 months. The daughter of the legendary TJ Smith had tried for several years to obtain a trainer's licence from the AJC, but each time permission was not granted until Gay's persistence won out in January this year. And I didn't start my horses for a long time. I think it was three or four months before they started. And then they went boom, 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 boom. And we won, you know, first up. And then we went, our first five horses I started one and that culminated with a horse called Moods winning the Gosford Gold Cup and I was on a bit of a roll, you know. I think if the first year you, you ran a horse in the Melbourne Cup, is that right? Um... Yes, you ran, you ran second. And then the first the first time they had imported the overseas horses was a horse called Vintage Crop. And I had a horse called Tiako Nick, which was meant to go to my dad's stable. And dad said to David Ellis, he said, Look, no, 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 no. He said, this girl was a much better trainer than me. <laughs> I couldn't train at all. I had been tested. But Dad, who was very supportive, said, this girl's a great trainer and you've got to get the horse. And Tiako then came to the stables and he had won the derby in New Zealand. He was a pretty handy horse. And he came over and he was my first group on there, which was Metropolitan. Nick on the outside and Nick in front, Sir Winston fighting on courageously. Nick Dittman shooting for the big double, drives Tiakao Nick to the line and Tiakao Nick wins the Metropolitan. Sir With Winston that victory, Tiakao Nick became fully qualified for the Melbourne Cup. It's a horse called Tiakao Nick. And I said, do me a favour. I said, go down to the pre-parade ring and look at Tiakao Nick and if he's blowing, keep your, put your money in your pocket. But I said, if he can't, not blowing, I said, you've got to let me pay. And he looked at me and he said, you've won me the Metropolitan, pay up for the horse. And of course, it's history, he ran second. <laughs> and great vintage is late to Yarkow Nick, but Vintage Crop has got him. Vintage Crop, the Irish horse will win the Melbourne Cup. Vintage Crop, two links to Yarkow Nick, just held second. And obviously, like Fiorente, that had been a, a long-term plan, was it? I think, is it right, Robbie found him or something overseas, is that right? And then you... You brought him over. We were in the, the July meeting, in, at, at, which is in Newmarket, and it's a beautiful, beautiful track. It, it's in many ways a little bit like um, Eagle Farm. You know, it's really a pretty track. And um, 
I was watching these horses walk around, and we've been trying to buy a stayer to bring back to Australia and seen nothing. We've been to France, couldn't find a decent horse, and I said to my wife, I think I'm losing it. I can't think to find the horse I like. And this horse walked past us. Boy, I think is that a handsome horse. Isn't he sexy? Because he's dark brown, good-looking horse. Anyway, um, we he ran and won, and we immediately put in a million, an offer of a million, 750,000 guineas. And the owner knocked it back. He said, no, 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 no. He said, I'm taking it to the tree de l'Arc to Trills. So, so we got knocked back. The horse went to the pre de l'Arc to Trills and didn't run any good. So we then put another offer in, and eventually for about a million, we bought the horse and he came to Australia. And the day he stepped out of quarantine in 2012, he ran second in the Melbourne Cup and the Plains Purchase. And then the next year, it's history, he won the Melbourne Cup. And they're off now. Fiorente, Dandino, jump away. Red Cano tackled by Fiorente. Van Althos kicking back on the inside. It's Fiorente in front on the outside with Red Cano. Fiorente and Red Cano from Van Athos. Fiorente just in front of Red Cano who's coming back. Fiorente by a neck. Oliver's lifting him. And Fiorente won the Melbourne Cup for game. Red Cano second, Van Athos third. And what was the lead-up like to that cup win? Like, did you, was he, did you have a trouble-free preparation, or did uh, you know what was your, what were your thoughts going into the race? He had a, he had a full preparation. He'd run from fourteen hundred metres, seven furlongs up to twenty-four hundred metres. He was one of those great horses, one at group one level and everything. So you knew you had a very serious horse going into the cup. And on the morning of the cup, I said to him, "I don't think I can go to the race. I think I'm going to stay home because I don't want to." <laughs> I know it let all the little people down because they're all expecting me to win the cup. And Rob said, oh, for heaven's sake, just go out and win it. He said, you'll win it in the season. And uh, history now, because he did win the cup. And it, it was, it's just, well, the race that stops the nation. You know? And how did Ollie ride him? Did he ride him the way you wanted to, up on speed, and give him every chance? The most, I think the most important thing is the safety jockey, their danger. And there's going to be speed or no speed in the race. And after that, really, they're best to do what they do well. You know, as Tim Clark came out on Saturday, and we both looked at each other, and he said, let's keep it simple. I said, best words I've ever heard. You know, I, I, you guys know what you're going to do. You will go out there when you won the, the course of the Cup for us on Desperado. You know, you were down there to do one thing, to win the Cup. And did it very well, man, thank you. Well, we did our best, Gay. We kept it simple and did our best. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're, you're also, look, you're known as the first lady of Australian racing. And, and, and how does that sit with you? Are you comfortable? Is it something that's comfortable with you? Or? I, I think it's a great, great compliment that people call, call me that. And look, I, I suppose, that, you know, you start in racing often from a tender age, as you have and I have. You know, we're born and bred into these sports. And so people get used to being there. And... and you know, when you've been able to be at the top for a long time, um, you know, they sort of expect nothing less, do they? You know, so it's nice to be able to keep delivering that for people. And, you know, in Melbourne, in Victoria, I couldn't walk up the street without every third person saying, hello, what do you like today, gay? How are you going, gay? Good luck in the cup, gay. It's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> now, in 2007, you're inducted into the Hall of Fame. Did you ever think you'd still be training horses at the top of your game 30 years later? Or, or? I think you just think at the time, uh, for the moment, don't you, Chris? You, you know, every day is a new battle. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I, I never thought of the future if I'd be still training in 30 years' time. I knew I loved it. 
uh, and I still do. And, and I knew that uh, you know I was fired up to be a very competitive person. So you know I was fired up to be successful. But you don't really think of what's going to happen in the future, except that you want them to make sure you make a success of it. Our final inductee, the Queen in the Sport of Kings, the First Lady of Racing, Gay Waterhouse. Now your horse, Knight's Order, he ran third there in the Caulfield Cup. He went terrific. Um, will he start in the Melbourne Cup? The Paper Cup, Chris. Of course he'll start in the Melbourne Cup. <laughs> what do you think I'm down here for? <laughs> well, I knew that would be, be the case. And now tell us all about your English import. Who you, who you, who you mull? Is that how you pronounce it? Who you mull? Who you mull? Yeah, well, I think it's a very tr- tricky name, so I call him the cult. So the cult started, the cult started where are we? The cult from Old Regret? Yes, the cult, cult from Old Regret. I hope he belts in like him. He's a lovely horse. He's a really quality individual. Um, they're a nice group of horses out at the quarantine centre. Uh, but he certainly holds his own out there, um, and he's training nicely and adapting to Australian conditions. And Huyamal drawing clear, and will land the odds to take the William Hill March stake. And Nightfall is just like us. He's like this, um, you know, alligator bug. He just comes out in the morning, thumps his chest, and says, "What's now? Give it to me." <laughs> you know, he's a real trooper. Like, you know, I don't think people realise how courageous a horse that leads. With 56 and a half on his back and leads the field to, you know, a mile and a half. Most people sit, the horses sit back at the field and then just have one bite of it, you know, boom, at the end. But our horses race on the speed. And so they've got to be anaerobically very fit and they've got to have hearts like mine. They've got to be very tenacious. So you've obviously trained so many great horses and I was lucky enough to be on, on quite a few of them over the years. But... What uh, what horses really grabbed you, and you had a special a special affinity of like what horse of I mean I know it's probably a hard question because you've had so many great horses, but is there any one that really stands out? Oh, they, look, it's a bit like being a mother with children. I mean, Ferente has to stand out because he was an incredibly handsome horse with a beautiful nature. Piero was the best of the best. I mean, you, you dream of having a horse like Piero to train. He was so tough. He was so masculine. He was the epitome of the perfect two- and three-year-old to train. Piero drove through, took the lead in the slipper. Gay told us months ago, and Piero won it from Switzerland and Samarini. Then... You know, uh, uh, Vancouver was so fast. You know, he was had electricity in his feet. Vancouver with his head in front from English, and Vancouver, the favourite, roars away for Tommy. Ha ha, fantastic. She was like a whale. And you know, then she comes in and Jimmy Cassidy came up to me at the track and he, you know, had cheeky Jimmy he came up and said, what do you got for me in the, in the slipper this year, Gay? And I said, nothing at present, mate. But I said, hang around the rich man's table and a crumb might fall off. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. And he did. Brian <laughs> <laughs> York was on, was on uh, Royal Courtship and um, Brian was on, he, he was the obvious favourite, but he just started to hit a peak just before the race. Well, what do you say to people? Like, his coat doesn't look quite as good. I mean, he was happy and healthy, but she was like a woman with a mission. She just kept improving every week. And by, you know, golden slipper day, 
Yeah, I think that's the year we had the trifecta, didn't we? I think uh, yeah, Ha Ha won did. it. I ran second with Accelerator, and you had another little horse run third, yeah, Danny Beasley um, Raider. Yeah, exactly. uh, time flies, Gay, doesn't it? it? certainly flies. Now, Chris, I'm about to get out of the car. Well, Jim, wait, 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 no, that's all good. All good. We're nearly wrapped up here anyway. So it was just a quick question about how you find it working with Adrian. How, how do you enjoy that with Adrian? Absolutely amazing. Fantastic. He is such a pleasure. He's an intelligent person. He is totally dedicated to the job of being a horse trainer. He's got a very good eye. He's training superbly, really superbly, uh, and he listens. Um, and you know, like any relationship, you know, they might we might agree all the time, but we we I know exactly when to say, look, you go and do that, or you go and do this, or whatever. He's he, he's he'll be a huge success in racing. He already is a huge success. Alligator blood. The gator's going to do it today. Alligator blood's got it three quarters of a length. Photo second. The game Waterhouse and Adrian Bott has fended off a very very good field. And what about the Queen? You would be remiss of me to not ask about the Queen, how it was, what it was like, your experience with her. Oh, well, she was wonderful, 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 love, uh, you know, a monarch. And, you know, to have the privilege to train for the Queen Mother and then to train for the Queen. And to have that, something I'll never forget. Never, ever forget. All right, Gay. Well, on that note, a bit of love you and leave you. So you enjoy Melbourne. And... Okay, good luck with you, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'll see, I'll see you down in Melbourne. Okay, thanks, Guy. Bye, Chris. Bye.